was living in a devil town. Didn't know it was a devil town. Oh Lord, it really brings me down about the devil town. All right, welcome everybody to the Friday Night Lights podcast, which we cover Friday Night Lights, which is on DirecTV and soon to be on NBC. I'm Blake, and with us today we have Russ. Hey, I promise to refrain from making any derogatory comments about Gracie Bell. (laughs) And Lyle. I make no such promises. (laughs) Great. We didn't see any of Gracie in this episode that I noticed at least, so uh, I think we're, we're safe. For, uh, for at least this episode. But um, before we get into discussing the lights at Carroll Park, which is the ninth episode of this season, there were two big news items that were uh, in play this week. And the first one is that with Jay Leno's show being canceled and all the fallout that we're still trying to figure out what's going to happen there between he and Conan O'Brien, it means that it's opened up a time slot there at the uh, 10 p.m. Eastern or 9 p.m. Central time uh, for NBC to kind of restructure and juggle their their shows in the time slots and it looks like at this point that Friday, Friday Night Lights is going to be back on NBC April the 30th right after right after the Winter Olympics finish up and so um, for those who probably they're probably not listening if they're not watching already but uh, that all the NBC people that do not get direct TV are happy about that um, any of you guys have any, any comment on the Jay Leno Conan O'Brien stuff like either one of the guys, really. Uh, I would tip my hat to Conan over Leno, um, but it seems that uh, I haven't seen him, but I've heard that Conan has been giving NBC uh, a pretty hard time this week on the show, that they they may pull the plug on him early just because of how much grief he's been giving them. You but, know who's really eating all this up? Letterman. Letterman. And uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really watch any of like I don't watch any shows except for Friday Night Lights really so at the <laughs> office so I don't really know anything that goes on with any of that stuff uh, and then I try to catch the occasional Jersey Shore online. Oh god! So what's the situation? What's the situation doing right now? Man, he's just this, this is the situation. The situation is this. He's the situation. <laughs> is that the show where that little four foot girl sure he's got doing punched? crutches right now? <laughs> is that the show where the four foot girl got laid laid out? It's like somebody decked her in yes. a bar. Yes, yeah. they have a philosophy on there called uh, GTL. Go to the gym, then to tan, then the laundry. <laughs> you you got to look good to go out, and then you have a good night out, Blake. There's a lot to be learned from Jersey Shore. Um, uh, that show is a new low for, I mean, come on, seriously. <laughs> oh, it's a train wreck. Uh, I love it. The Guidos. It's, 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 it's fantastic. I started telling my buddy Mario that if he was a uh, – if I'd seen him on a daily basis back in high school, when that show was on, I'd start calling him Mario the Scenario. Oh. <laughs> and then well, arrived. Go ahead. Yeah, here's the thing I heard. This is not an original thought. I heard this on a podcast this past week. Was If we say it's entertaining from a train wreck perspective, is is that really a compliment? It's getting people to watch, and so they're selling advertising dollars, and so they don't care. Okay. Look, my life isn't that great, and it makes me feel better about myself when I watch <laughs> those people. That's, that's what I derive from it. Wow. All right. And then our other big news concerning Friday Night Lights is that it's been announced that Taylor Kitsch is not going to be a series regular again in uh, season five, that his budding acting career as far as movies has uh, been taking precedence. And so he will be a part of 
uh, season five, but I can expect it'll be more along the lines of what we've seen with Street and Smash last year in, in season three, and then this year with uh, with Matt Saracen. Even so, uh, I know there will be a lot of ladies, a lot of women, a lot of girls that will probably be heartbroken over that, but uh, it seems that Tim Riggins is, is going to be on the outs. I'm not very happy about that myself. <laughs> I'm a big Riggins fan. He didn't have a big episode this episode either. And I thought this episode was great. Yeah. Um, but he, you're, you're right. It, it, it's going to be really odd to see him not in there. Well, he's been there from the beginning. You know, I don't know that his role – even in ep- a series one, the, or season one, we didn't notice him a ton at the beginning, and then he came on big. I think the second half of that of that season, but he's he and Matt seemingly at least through season two and three, besides the Taylors, obviously, had pretty much been the backbone of, of everybody wanting to come and be a part and experience the show. So it'll be yeah. different, but we've got you know I think they're starting to push Vince a lot more. They're starting to bring in with the storylines with with Becky. And, and Luke, obviously. And so I think we're seeing more and more of the new characters. Hey, does Riggins, when he's not at work or, you know, the one day a week he goes to football practice, does he literally just sit in that small trailer and stare at the wall? He drinks beer. Well, yeah, he's always drinking a beer, but he's just staring at the wall. <laughs> he's got no TV, no internet, no cell phone. I know. I don't expect him to read a bunch of novels or anything, but you'd at least think he'd have a magazine or something in there. But he just stares at the wall. <laughs> You bring up a good point, Lyle. I don't know what else he does besides sit on that couch or that little bed there. and It looks like he's always got a long neck every time Becky knocks on the door. Every while, every once in a while, he needs a rinse, too. <laughs> he, he needs a rinse more often, maybe. <laughs> uh, um, I had wondered about the bathroom situation. Which, as much as he drinks, I guess he just pees outside. <laughs> Probably. And does Skeeter live? Where's Skeeter? He, he, does he live in the... In the trailer with him, I see out running around. I'm sure that he's an outside dog. Yeah. One thing though, before we jump in full fledged into the episode, I think that once again the, the the editors of the previews they janked us with last week's preview, making us think that it was one of the one of the players or somebody that we knew that got shot there out at that park because um, you know people were thinking it was events, and then even when he came up and he was looking for Tinker. And then, you know, you start thinking, oh, is that going to be Tinker that got shot? And then it ended up being, you know, a younger kid. But um, it seems like they do that over and over. They get us hyped up or pointed in one direction with the uh, with the previews, and then something else happens the other direction there, which I guess is a good salesmanship, but still. Yeah. Hey, let's keep the people coming, I guess. So do you, do you th- How just nerves of steel, I mean, <laughs> Everybody starts shooting. I mean, gunshots ring out, and the whole place empties out. And people who are apparently used to, you know, more used to gunshots ringing out in the Coach Taylor all go fleeing and diving to the ground. And he just stands there, and he never even blinks or anything. Have you ever – have you ever – that reminded me of that uh, – I don't know if you've seen the Kings of Comedy, that sketch where, where Cedric the Entertainer was talking about how, you know, uh, he was talking about, like, when black people run, they just run. They don't even need a reason. When they see somebody else running, they just go. But when white people like see people running, they're like, "What is that?" They have need to go investigate. I don't know if you remember. I seen remember that. that. Yeah, I mean, he just he just starts walking towards gunfire. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was nervous for him on the front end that because he was dressed up in a uh, in red, all red, and I was thinking, is somebody going to get upset <laughs> about his colors he's wearing? 
you know, rocking up in the middle of Carroll Park there, decked out in, you know, red cap, red jacket, red shorts, you know, I, I mean, I had red shorts on, but head to toe, like it was all red. And I thought somebody was going to say something to him about that. Carroll Park does look like Compton, doesn't it? I mean, that, that was. Dylan is looking more and more like Compton every episode. Do you, you know? think, do you think they had to reinvent the writers did Dylan a little bit for this season or is, or is it this uh, urban or Compton-ish during the first three seasons? I, I mean, I think there are areas like that in a lot of towns that I don't know if they're that violent. It's almost, it's almost a little too, uh, too much the violence angle they play up, but I do think that there are towns like that, areas like that in every town that people don't really pay attention to. I don't know, dude. When was the last time you heard? I mean, we all live in small towns of a 12-year-old boy getting shot. That would be like the hugest deal ever. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. It's like the violence itself, I think, is is overblown. But I don't think the oh, whole – Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I do think that's funny because people over here, their, neighbor, their neighborhoods in Tupelo, Mississippi, a town of like 40,000 people, and people, people always tell me, they're like, don't, don't go in that neighborhood. And – being from Memphis, I find it hard to believe that I would be scared in any of those neighborhoods. But, you know. I'm more scared coming to work every day. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about nerves of steel, uh, not only did he not flinch when people were, were getting shot and, and taken off running, but to stare in the eyes of Glenn when Glenn is telling him that, oh, yeah, I kissed your wife last week or a few weeks ago. And it was just a cold, steely-eyed stare the entire time. And he, didn't and he know went into detail about it, too. That's what the funny thing was my lips were on her lips. And <laughs> and Eric was like, okay, all right. He goes, well, what else can I do? And he had, okay. that, he had that laugh, and he was like, okay, well, I'll be seeing you at the so-and-so. He goes, oh, you'll be seeing me earlier than that. <laughs> like that's some sort of – I don't know if that's a threat or a promise or what, but that was one of the best, best – lines I think I've seen him give in a while and then the conversation they had and they never addressed things it seems at appropriate times apparently that was like the next morning he finally decided to bring up the fact that oh yeah Glenn stopped by the school yesterday do you think he was so forgiving just because he's like well I did write a three thousand dollar check <laughs> you know they're like just call it even maybe so All right. I think he knows there's no way that Tammy would would like Glenn or see him as a threat because even when he had to cancel on their date night he was like why don't you invite glenn over just make sure he doesn't drink all my scotch yeah so yeah i think he knows that he's so much more of a, like a man's man than glenn that right he just completely dismissed it offhand like immediately mm-hmm. yeah he said he says that means by proxy i've kissed glenn <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was. I like the way they handled it because we had talked about earlier, like what would the odds be, you know, if they fought, like how bad would Taylor thrash him and everything. Right. And I kind of expected him to go flying off the handle when he found out about it, but I kind of like the way they handled it. It's that kind of seemed a little realistic that he just became a joke amongst them or whatever. Yeah, and she asked him. She goes, "I thought it was funny when she was like, you didn't hit him, did he? Did you?'" And he's just like, "No, I didn't. I just uh, I thought that was funny. Right. Yeah, I liked it too." Now it seems like Big Mary is being transformed. He's uh he's gone from hating football and not wanting anything to do with it to uh hosting um the pep rally at his place, letting Vince come work with him and even helping schedule the uh the game there at Carroll Park. So it seems like something's happened in Big Merryweather to to soften him up some. He turned around very quickly. 
He turned from offering to whoop Buddy Garrity to two seconds <laughs> later sitting right next to him and being like, okay. Wait a minute. Is, is his name not Ray? No, it's Virgil. It's, I, I, I thought it was oh. Vernon. Vernon? Okay, Vernon Merriweather. Yeah. Why is it Ray's barbecue then? I think we talked about that before. It would like, And we don't know. Yeah, I don't think we – yeah. But I don't know if we – maybe we talked about it here. I don't know. I can't remember. Seems to be all I talk about with people. <laughs> oh, yeah, he seems to be like buddies with Eric now all of a sudden. Well, you, yeah. remember, you remember last week Eric said that, oh, he's coming around to me. He's starting to – he's warming up to me. No, yeah, yeah that I was, thought he was kidding. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's. Uh, I always liked him. I didn't watch the practice a lot, but um, he he played a pretty you know a serious role as, as the lawyer there on the practice. But uh, I I knew that with him being as an accomplished actor as he was, that he wouldn't just stay in the background the entire time. So I think he'll continue to to move out a little bit. But I, I'm I'm starting to like his role. That's what the practice is about. I thought that was about Alan Iverson. Not a game, not a game. Oh, okay, my, my bad. They had a that um the the gangster guy that they went and talked to, who apparently lives right around the corner from Vince. That looked like the exact same apartment complex. Eldon. Yeah, yeah he, he was on the wire too. Yes, yeah, that's, that's uh, he's an accomplished actor. D'Angelo Barksdale. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting with he being from the wire, and then uh, the guy that plays Vince, he played Wallace on the wire, but they never actually had a scene together. I didn't notice they were on the you know. On the same field, I guess out there, but yeah, he uh, he's he's a good actor as well. Vince is wanting to make me give The Wire another chance. Well, he's only on there for one season, but still. But no, I, th- I thought it was a good role when he uh, a good line when when Eldon asked him and says, "Are you wanting to come out here because you actually want to help, or just because you're feeling sad about seeing a young boy get shot?" And he says both. I thought that was really telling, but honest. Yeah. But I, you that, know, was not the, that was not the best line from that visit, though. The best line was where Buddy goes, everybody loves football. <laughs> like, you can't even fathom somebody who doesn't. And I agree with that because I don't trust people who don't love football. Well, you remember, was it one of the first or second episodes of the entire season when all the uh, the little kids got to come over to Dillon High School and have, like, that little kids camp? And mm-hmm. one of the kids came up and asked, said, Mr. Street, do you think God loves football? And he's like, I think everybody loves football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I um uh I maybe I'm getting too early into this, but something that I thought I had thought very profoundly about the football game at the park because I was thinking about um I was talking to a friend of mine from New Orleans last weekend and just talking about how when the Saints are good, it's so good for the the city of New Orleans right. uh, from a from a peacekeeping standpoint. And I was thinking about this because um. I'm from Memphis, and when Memphis made their run to the Final Four a couple years ago, that got taken away from them. But when they made that run, I remember just thinking how I was for that, even though I don't really love Memphis basketball. I was for that because that's good for that city. And that's the kind of thing that I was thinking. I was like, things like this, when the football team is good, that's good for that side of town. I thought that was pretty uh, a pretty good mirror image of real life. Well, it sounds like he's trying to get to the community. Sorry, I read an article about how 911 calls diminish by some outrageous, outrageous percentage in New Orleans when the Saints are on. 84% of televisions uh, were turned to the Saints-Patriots game a few weeks ago in, in yeah, the New they, Orleans area. They were, they were also bragging in that article about how there's only been one homicide during a Saints game. And I'm like, <laughs> is that really that good? In New Orleans, it is. window, you know. 
in New Orleans, I think it is good. But, you know, speaking of that game, and I think you're right, Russ, it probably did do good, bring some community camaraderie there. And even seeing the young boy, Maurice, was his name Maurice or Morris? Anyway, that's a 13-year-old that's going to be in high school pretty soon. He's like, well, come find me. But uh, when these guys got out and, you know, they're like, "Uh uh-oh, Eric, who are these guys? And Eric was like, oh, that's the team we're playing against. I was thinking, there's no way these guys are going to play two-hand touch. I, you know, I just expected there to be some sort of fight, some sort of a brawl, or some some tension there. But it, you know, it was diffused. I don't think it was really diffused; it just didn't really, you know, erupt there. But I was thinking, there's no way I could legitimately see this football game be played, and there not be somebody come out with a bloody nose. I don't know, man. You know, I work with at-risk youth or whatever, and out of all the fights I've witnessed and all that kind of stuff, I haven't seen any on the basketball court. Really? I play basketball a lot. Yeah. There's a civil, some sort of sense of fair play. It's odd. Well, well, Vince is continuing to try to better himself, looking looking for a job, wanting to help out around the house, um, keep himself out of trouble. And I'm starting to respect him more and more, especially when uh, C. Brown and his boys drove up and uh, wanted some free barbecue. And he was able to stand his ground there. And, of course, he was ready to fight them over it. And then we had Big Mary came out and, and you know, straightened them out. But uh, – I'm, I'm starting to like Vince, and the, he's actually having to put forth an effort there. Um, but he's trying to go on the right path, at least. Seems to be some progression in his character, too. Although, I don't. I think a lot of people didn't like the Chop Shop story last week with the Riggins, but I, I kind of like it a little bit, just because it shows that a guy who stays around in that town probably would fall into that, no matter how much he wants to change or reform it seems like that he would fall back into that. So right. I expect to kind of see Vince do that again. But um, I, I like a lot of the – I like a lot of the coach moves when dude asked him, he said, do you, do you want, to, want me to call him off or whatever? And coach is like, no, 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 just let him, let him play. Uh, just to see Vince kind of take command in the huddle, things like that. Uh, I kind of like the, that football stuff. That seemed like genuinely good Friday Night Light stuff. No, what? I think it's setting up a trick play with Landry throwing I was about a to say. There's a pretty pass, man. <laughs> and then Coach gave a little glance after that pass, like, hmm, what about that? I know. We'll see that later. In fact, we'll probably see it against uh, Dylan High. West Dylan in the last game of the year, in the last four seconds of the game. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you guys listened to the uh, interview that I did last season with uh, – Coach Spivey, he's he's one of the coaches still for, uh, I guess now West Dillon, but um, I just asked him, of all the guys that are of the cast, I said, which one is probably the best athlete? And, of course, he said, well, it's Taylor Kitsch, hands down, because he played hockey all these years and yada, yada. But he said, as far as football, he says, nobody has a better arm than Jesse Plemons. Um, I was like, really? He goes, yeah, he says the dude has a cannon. And so he, he showed it right there. He didn't have it to... was the most realistic-looking pass I've seen thrown on that show. It was better mm-hmm. than anyone Vince has thrown. <laughs> yeah, Vince, Vince has, has a sidearm throw. <laughs> yeah. But, and Tinker, Tinker misses uh, practice for a few days, and then when he finally comes back to practice, he gets to lead the team out in the, uh, as they go out to the locker room with the chant. I thought that was not very realistic there. You know, he'd be out running gassers or you know, doing some sort of drill after practice, most likely. And maybe he was in New York. Or Mexico. <laughs> yeah, you may have been down on a boat. <laughs> That's true. A coach does not care about people missing practice, it seems. He kicked 
kicked Riggins off once for missing practice, didn't he? I think Wasn't that why Riggins got kicked off? I thought because he came to practice hungover, or he showed up in the middle of practice and he smelled of beer. I don't. I, th- I thought that he. I thought it was because he walked out of practice or something. Who? Uh, who can keep? I remember that one time Riggins walked out of practice and then he made him walk home in the rain. Riggins got dumped out of the car a few times. Yeah. When uh, Lila left him that one time, he's like, "It's cold." Speaking of Riggins, though, you know, you were talking just a bit ago, Russ, about how he has, uh, I guess it's the tendency to fall back into the easy criminal life or just the the path of least resistance of doing things. But sometimes I think, you know, he showed up for practice uh, when he and his brother Billy came out and he had the Under Armour All-American jersey on. And sometimes it frustrates me to see a guy with that much potential and now he's throwing it away on a chop shop. When he, I mean, if he's an Under Armour All-American, he could be blowing up somewhere. I, mean, I don't care what school wanted you. They could get your academics probably with tutors and things like that in order, even if you have to gray shirt or go to prep school for one year. And he's not doing anything with that. So uh, I guess I get frustrated. I'm not sure if you say it's a feel sorry or not, but a, definitely a frustration. I don't know. Being a Tennessee fan, you see a ton of people who come in with a lot of pro- uh, promise and are Under Armour All-Americans and then wash out before the end of their first year. So I guess. I'm just so used to seeing that. But we didn't see uh, a chop shop or Billy at all this, this episode. What were you saying, Law? I, I agree with you. I think that if he was that good, he would have an army of tutors helping him. And he would be majoring in – some ridiculous, easy thing, and they keep him in school somehow. Right. But we didn't see the chop shop at all this uh, this episode, so I don't know exactly. How. It did show up in the previews for next week. I checked those out. Um, not, but uh, it seems that uh, there's some there's some issues coming up with the chop shop. They didn't really allude to what it is, but he ends up needing to go knock on the door at the Taylor household asking for some help. But. Um, <laughs> Well, if they just wanted to go super illegal, they should have chop shop slash illegal abortion clinic. <laughs> well, do you think do you, tie it all in. do you think she does it? Yeah, I don't I, really. I I I wonder if they can get away with that on TV. Think about think about how many times you've heard people seriously consider abortion and actually go through with it on network television. I I know it probably has happened. I don't watch a lot of network television anymore, but. I can't think of a time when it's happened. I mean, it's happened on like HBO and stuff like that. Yeah, I think, I think it happened on Six Feet Under, but that's that's you know cable network. They're not worried about sponsors. I don't know. I you know the, well, I think she the, would in real life legitimately, and I think that if they were allowed to get away with it, they probably would write that into it. But I don't know if they can get away with putting that on NBC. Here's how we can find out. How we need to find out Applebee's. Under Armour's and Sears position on abortion, and then we'll know if they can get away with it or not. And raise barbecue. Yeah, and Ray, uh, actually, notice they do have uh, commercial consideration given to Sears and Under Armour in the credits. <laughs> do they really? Yeah. <clears throat> I've watched a few episodes on Satellite and DirecTV. They do a lot of promotion with Vaseline men's lotion, too. And I, I have, I've yet to see that appear <laughs> in an episode. I'm not kidding. Interesting. <laughs> I've never seen that appear. I'm wondering how they can work that into the show. But I think that I think that she goes through with it. Another thing, I don't know. I have not researched the price of abortion lately. Can you really get one for three hundred dollars? I don't know, but if she would spend so much money on pregnancy tests, 
She may have a little extra money. <laughs> I, just, I mean, it costs me that much almost to go to the eye doctor. <laughs> I guess just to you know back it up, it is Luke's, and Luke seems kind of blown away, but she's just wanting to still lash out at him. It seems. And According to Google, an abortion costs about three to three to five hundred for a first, or no, three to seven hundred for first trimester, and five to one thousand for a second trimester. Well, it must be true so, if it's on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, um, uh, what about Julie and their new habitat hunk? That's that a rebound so relationship. That was just predict. As soon as Tammy said, hey, how you doing about habitat for humanity? I was like, ah, oh, there'll be some college-age guy there. Well, she was pretty bold. You know, she was like, I'm damaged, but uh, we could just make out. I'm like, I know she earned big points for me for that. <laughs> we could just skip the awkwardness. Oh, and was that at the end of the day, or were there people still there? I, I, I assume it was the end of the day. I mean, where were these girls when I was in high school? <laughs> um, I knew one. <laughs> Define new. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would just say uh, that there was a girl who I knew was making out with lots of other girls or lots of other guys <laughs> and uh, did not seem to be bothered by that. Well, it, I don't know. That's I like, I think Russ and her said, sister dated. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Russ, Russ brought up that it's probably a rebound relationship, which I think is, is obvious that it most likely is, but, uh, I'm glad to see that she shifted gears out of her whininess that, you know, we've all alluded to these past couple of episodes already that, that she seems to be taking care of herself and is not quite as mopey. Um, of course, you know, you lay some tile in a bathroom. That, that That's cathartic anyway, so it helps you clear your head. So. I just, uh, I mean, that was just so predictably obvious to me that I didn't care for it that much. But he was obvious about it too. Even with her mom there, he walked up and like he was putting his hand on her back and and everything. And so it's like he's being fair to the public. I don't know if that's something that we'll see continue on, or if that was just a little, you know. Do you think that guy thinks? uh, Do you think that guy thinks that she's like genuinely interested in him, or do you think that he cares? Yeah, you know (laughs) what I mean. Yeah, I don't know. He may have you know different girls at different habitat houses. You know, I think about stuff like that all the time. When I see, if it was me and some girl was just like, hey, let's make out, I would be inclined to think she might be interested. That's just me. <laughs> I think Russ means interested more than just making out. <laughs> like actually being able to go out to Applebee's. No, I, do you think he like legitimately likes her and wants a relationship with her? Or I mean, those are the kind of things that I think about. Maybe I think way too much in depth about. But Well, all, we, all he knows about her is that she's hot and she can lay tile. <laughs> That's in a closet. Usually enough. That's usually enough for a guy. Yeah. I think he was interested enough to want to ask her out, and he didn't. He didn't approach her just, "Hey, do you want to go make out?" He was like, "Do you want to go grab, you know, lunch or dinner yeah. or whatever?" So I think that there is, I think there's interest enough to see, "Hey, where could this go?" I don't think he's in it completely as a friend with benefits sort of thing. Yeah, and he might have thought Tammy was her sister. But we're definitely overanalyzing this as a. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so. I don't really care. I'm much more distraught that Taylor Kitsch is leaving the show. What about that uh, J.D. McCoy is going to have to miss this week's game? Here, here's what I was thinking about that. 
here I go with my serious analysis again. Um, that that seemed um pretty genuinely real. I I, I kind of like that. You know, it, we've talked a lot about how they're almost comedically villain the McCoys are right, right. now. And for me to see like a different side, I, I kind of like that too. Except for the fact that I've been ta- I've talked to a lot of parents whose kids have kind of gone off the deep end like that, and and it, most of the time those those type of parents like JD McCoy kind of sit in an office of a counselor and are like, I just don't know what's happened. I just don't know what's gotten into him. You know, it's yeah. It seems like that they're Their oblivious in the sand. to what's obvious. But Joe That's seemed to him. know what was going on. Yeah. You know, and it was an interesting thing, you know, where he's like, he's just being mean and rude to people, and he doesn't need to do that. And Tammy's like, hmm, yeah, I could see what you mean. You know, and some wonder if she – but she was good at not just to throw it back on Joe and say, well, maybe he got that from you. But I think – I mean, he probably – even the worst dads probably realized at some point, oh, crap, I've created a monster. Yeah. 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 I mean, I want to know what's going on over at that high school with the football team. I don't like that we're not seeing any of what Dylan High is doing. Yeah, and who's playing quarterback now that JD's supposedly missing missing this? Uh, yeah, I week? mean, JD's supposed to be some stud. I'd like to at least hear, oh, you know, McCoy leading the state in touchdowns or something. Just something what their record is or something. Right. Well, I'm. I doubt he'll miss a game too. There's been a regime change over there. I don't think the new regime would, uh, even if he misses a week of practice, I, I don't know that he would miss the game. Unless the principal said he had to. Because yeah. the principal trumps the head coach, usually. Well, maybe not in Dillon. Uh, yeah, there. That's a good point, good point. But um, we're supposed to talk with uh, D.W. Moffitt this coming week with uh, with an interview, and we'll be able to maybe get a couple of those questions in. So we're looking forward to being able to talk with D.W., but um, one last thing that I had to, that I wanted to mention was uh, Landry. Last week we finished. Lyle and I were talking and seeing well, which direction is Jess leaning to? You know, is it is it Vince? Is it Landry? But I think the answer is pretty clear now. Uh, Do you? Well, oh, she's making that. With... No, but look, Vince has at least one more incident with the law that he's got to get out of, and, and Jess has at least one more go around with Vince. <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah, I can see that, especially with uh, with uh, her dad saying, you know, make sure you stay away from her. Uh, so much as here of anything, then you're looking for a new job immediately. Um, but I, you know, but I'm just saying that apparently she and Landry have gone on uh, a date without her little brothers, and we're having some. Uh, special time, I guess, in the car there, just, you know, hugging and kissing and all. So it seems like she's been willing to open up and progress in that a little bit, but at the same time you can tell there's still that tension between Jess and Vince. Yeah, that's a Thursday night. Yeah. yeah. That's a Thursday night. It's closer to the weekend. Yeah. No, I, Landry's got to get his heart ripped out by this girl somehow. That's what that's what he does. Do you still do you think he thing. keeps – does he keep the giving tree in his uh, back seat just to pull out whenever he needs – yeah. Get to give that speech. No, I don't think she's nearly as much of a taker as Tyra is. I agree. Were you expecting Vince to say something to Landry? I like that whole interaction. I thought it was kind of funny. Because Vince never said a word. You don't really need to say anything when you're a gangbanker with a criminal record. This stare does a good good job. Oh. And they just kind of, you know, bumped him on the chest with his fist and walked off after the lights came on. 
Does yeah. does Vince seem small to you though? Like when he plays quarterback, he seems like the players are a lot bigger than he is. I don't know what his actual height is. He just seems short. Dexter McCluster. Uh, he, he doesn't seem any smaller than Saracen. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing he's I'm guessing he's probably like 5'10", 5'11", instead of – but if that's the case, then I don't know. Maybe it doesn't line him look big or something. I don't know. They, they all look small to me. I would think they would have just like massive linemen in that town. Now, Tinker's a big old guy. Tinker's big, but I mean, even the, the big high schools from around where we're from have guys who are 6'6", 320 on the line. Right. And I don't see any huge guys like that. I mean, if you're – even when they were just at Dillon High, if you're the winning the state championship in Texas, your line is averaging 300 pounds a man. Yeah. Most Easily. likely, yes. Like you said, even some of the top schools around here in Mississippi yeah. are, are very obviously that bigger like that. But, um, I suppose it's hard to find actors that you find, you know, five or six actors that are six foot six <laughs> and weigh 320 pounds. But the guy that plays Vince, Michael B. Jordan, he's, he's 23. So, I mean, he's, he's, through growing, you'd assume. So. Speaking of age, did they make a mistake when Becky actually said her age? That means they're going to have to write her out in a few years. Sixteen. <laughs> well, they've done. You know, they they did it. They when she had her birthday, they called her. They said that she would turn sixteen. So. That's right. <clears throat> and I was thinking of her life that she's always had with the beauty pageant. That's one of the reasons I'm assuming she thinks that she can't carry a baby to term and all that because it would wreck her beauty pageant career um, as you know story as it is already but uh and so that's the pressure I think that jumps in on her so hard you know she obviously the big the big hit is that she doesn't want to be like her mom right but I'd say if it wasn't for the beauty pageant she would just be the ideal mother I think she's completely ready except for the beauty pageant <laughs> <laughs> come on that to be more than just a beauty pageant thing, doesn't it? And the awkwardness of, of Tim coming and saying, look, the, the kiss was a mistake. And she's like, I, I want to tell you, I don't think it was a mistake. Um, I don't know. That was I just that was some awkward moments between Tim and, and Becky there for sure. Maybe Tim could be a father figure and a grandfather figure <laughs> at the same time. Uncle, brother, father, grandfather. Yeah. Guy that lives mm-hmm. in the backyard. Yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know if, if y'all even looked at the previews for next week, so we don't have to talk about those yet. But uh, um, like I said, looking forward to next week, hopefully being able to to have the interview with D.W. Moffitt in, in place to be able to play uh, next week as we release this one. But um, it's still got a couple in the works that we've been making contact and emailing back and forth, trying to get nailed down. But uh, any, any party shots for this episode? I've got a couple of lines that I thought were really funny. We didn't talk about Buddy Garrity's line about the mayor. Uh, that's true. How, how we have a history before, before <laughs> she started playing for the other team. We haven't seen the mayor in a long, long while. But uh, if you know what I mean, he was saying. But, yeah, uh, yeah that, that was I, interesting. I like the fact that we've seen Buddy more the past two weeks. Um, and he's has solidified himself now as an East Dillon Lions fan. Supporting. And you know what? I think I'm okay with it. I know y'all talked about that last week. I think I'm okay. Well, yeah, I I I, I do kind of see it as more of a power play. Like he he just likes being the hero, being in control of and, something. Yeah, I think that 
I think he likes leveraging his influence more than. I think I think he likes Eric though too, and he wants yeah. to be able to yeah, support I do Eric. Too. Yeah, I do too. They seem more like buddies <laughs> now that they're at the new school. Well, it's not all that pressure. I mean, you know, Lyle, you and I talked about it just with the the boosters. You know, he's able to Eric was able to sit around and you know eat barbecue at a restaurant and joke and have a genuinely good time instead of wondering if they're wanting to cut his throat and fire him every week. Yeah. Do you remember when the three of us were in Roy City, Texas? <laughs> Back in 1999? <laughs> so around about there, yeah. And yeah. we had to do a, a scavenger hunt thing that led us to the football field? Yes. What are the chances that we would have spent any less than two hours on that field talking about Friday Night Lights if it had been on back then. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. That was February of 99. I remember that. Yes, I believe we would have reenacted Riggins' cleat scene. We probably would have thrown a Frisbee. Just all kind of stuff. Yeah, most, most likely. Roy City, fact, Texas. Maybe we should take a trip to Roy City, Texas just to do that. I, that sounds awesome to me. Well, uh, Oxford, Oxford High School is blue and gold as well. Yeah, so are blue and yellow. Yeah, they look they look just like Dylan, man. I've so, always thought that. So uh, we, I could take a much shorter trip if we need to find a blue and yellow field. <laughs> well, I think that does it for uh, for this week as we look at episode nine and um, looking towards next week. We only have four more episodes here uh, this season, and so expect some big things to happen. And we do know that the Lions and the Panthers play uh, the last game of the season and so there's a lot of speculation do we expect the Lions to play them close do we expect them to win um, there's a lot still to happen with that but uh, as always we ask you to email us email us some questions in or uh, call in uh, you can email us at fnlpodcast at gmail.com you can call in at 662-259-0185 or I'll leave a comment there on the on the website uh, at fnlpodcast.com I think that about does it See you guys. All right. Later.